Welcome to the More Sense Than Dollars podcast. We're your hosts, Nick and Harry. What's up, everybody? I am really excited about this episode today. You might it's have seen... Maybe the most excited I've been since the first one. Yeah, well, you might have seen in the episode uh, description or title that we have a guest today. So, uh, this episode is going to be about entrepreneurship. Nick and I have talked a bunch about climbing the corporate ladder, how to navigate that uh, career path, but we haven't spent a lot of time on starting your own business or how to manage that. So I'm excited to get perspective there. How about you? Yeah, and I'm very excited that the the person we are interviewing for this our first guest our our successful entrepreneur for this episode um i have the great honor of introducing my sister hannah roberts um who is the the proprietor of a fine salon in taunton massachusetts called red's beauty shout out to red's beauty yeah i'll uh lead you in so you mind saying a few words about yourself hannah yeah hey guys thanks for having me on i'm super honored to be the first person on the Entrepreneur Podcast episode. So I'm glad to be here, and I'm looking forward to telling my story about how I got to where I am doing what I'm doing. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm excited to hear it. Thank you for doing this while in your third trimester as well, taking time to to talk to us. My pleasure. I always got time for you guys. Yeah, I picked a a bad time to start calling in favors, but happy you're here. (laughs) glad to be here all right well just because we have a guest doesn't mean we're gonna start changing things up too much so we still need to get our highs and lows out of the way don't we yep let's do it and we're gonna have our guests do it too <laughs> all right should we should we start with that do we do we want to start yeah let's Hannah's have guests guest goes first all highs right. and lows hannah all right sure all right so my high would be most recently would have to do with my business i um had a new sales guy come in to offer a new product line and there was like a intro deal. So it was just a good financial deal to get into a new product line um, to just widen my things that I can offer to my clients. So that was my high that happened awesome. to fall. That's a good tease week. for this episode. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very topical. Yeah. <laughs> it go, you know, it coincides. It goes hand in hand. <laughs> and then, um, so my low would be like for the future, as mentioned in the beginning, I am, pregnant and so i'm just foreseeing that financial low will be um being self-employed will be being out on maternity leave without any maternity pay and just learning how to budget for a new baby and just baby things that we'll be buying weekly and monthly that were never a problem or a thing before to buy anything you had to think about never had to think about exactly (laughs) so that will be definitely a new thing to budget for Financially. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And you just made me realize when you know when I think about how expensive having a child is or something. I, I think of those like preparation purchases, like oh, like you need to get a nursery ready, you need to get a crib, you need to get all this stuff. And I haven't really been thinking about the the monthly feeding them every day. <laughs> yeah, right. Like yeah, like right. formula and right that those first couple of years they need new clothes every two weeks because they're growing so fast. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so that'll so. be a learning curve. I'm sure. I'm sure. Maybe, maybe that is a future topic for us. 
Not that it's something we have much experience We're going to need to bring them. a guest in for that. Yeah, maybe uh, we'll have Hannah, Hannah come back as the second guest. I was going to say, you can bring me back. Episode. Give me a little yeah. time. Give me a little time to, you know, figure she it out. She needs to do some, uh, some research. Some, uh, yeah, let yeah. you uh, get your, your feet wet first. But cool. Awesome. All right. Uh, you want to go next, Terry? Yeah. High is going to be that I am... Uh, finally using a gym membership a lot of times i've just had one and not actually gone but it's mm. nice to actually make mm. use of it and feel like getting money's worth for it yeah nice <laughs> um low has been my utility bills <clears throat> especially the electric bill it's been so hot here in new york lately that my electric bill is like double don't what it usually is which is annoying how about you my my high and i I had a similar high before, but it wasn't quite dialed in as well as it is now, is that the automated shipments for my dog's food and medicine is is really dialed in now. <laughs> it's the little so things like we got, to get excited about. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just one of those mm-hmm. one of those little things. It's, it's a bit of a stretch to be financially re- related because I guess it costs the same whether it's on time or not. But yeah, like running out of food this weekend packages scheduled to come in saturday like just perfect so (laughs) riding that high and then my my low very similar to yours the electricity bill um because of the ac the the office that i'm in right now like a sauna it cooks in here and so i end up leaving the ac cranked just to try and cool it off and so it feels even more wasteful than it normally does i guess but only a few more weeks of this, I suppose. All right. Let's get Hannah's story. Where should we start? I guess we should start at the beginning. <laughs> when <laughs> what what tell us a little bit about like when you first decided to go down the cosmetology path. Am I saying that right? Cosmetology. Yeah, so I had yeah, yes, cosmetology. So um it kind of happened by accident. Um, in my local hometown of Taunton, Mass., there's a Volk school, Volk Tech school that um, offers different trades. And I knew going into high school when I learned about this trade school, I'm always a hands-on person. And I initially learned that this school offered like half academics, half hands-on learning. So I thought, great, that is totally my style, not 100% academics all the time. So I went into this school, Bristol Plymouth, um, for culinary because I used to want to have my own restaurant. Oh, wow. So I went in. You know what? I I, for, I forgot about that, Hannah. Hannah's Bistro. That was the plan. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 All so right, you knew right. you was, wanted yep, to be was, an entrepreneur before you even knew what the business was going to be. <laughs> you just wanted yep, to have I your own something. Yep. As I was putting my thoughts together, I'm like, I think I knew it before even realizing that I knew it. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so I go to the school. I go into culinary. They gave you an option to like test out each trade um, before selecting which one you wanted to be in, which was great because as I went into culinary, I learned this is not for me at all. And then I happened to wandering to cosmetology, and I never once thought about cosmetology as a career path, which is funny because growing up, I was doing and cutting everyone's hair that I shouldn't have been. So I looking mm-hmm. back at it, I guess Nick was a victim 
once yeah upon no a time. i always i always think of that first haircut you gave me like freshman year that took like four hours to get done because you didn't know what you were doing yep. yet but the, the first yep. haircut was actually like a decade and a half earlier when you were just casually cutting my hair while i wasn't paying attention <laughs> exactly so the 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 bug was there like you were doing this the for bug a, was a while just you just you just didn't know. think just, of it as a yeah. career as a career exactly so i still can remember when i went in to cosmetology to explore it and thought like, oh my gosh, how did I never think about this before? I literally had never thought of it before. <laughs> so I went in and um, fell in love with it, obviously. And I knew I loved it. I still don't think I knew at that moment the extent of where it would bring me. Yeah. Um, but that is where it initially blossomed and stemmed from was um, just getting all that schooling done in high school. I graduated high school with my cosmetology license i didn't need to go to any further cosmetology school or anything else like that so that was like a huge huge start to coming out of high school with like a trade in hand like that while you were in high school and and going through that that part of it and and getting the the license and everything at what point did you start thinking about having your own place or your own chair like in in high school, like as you approach graduation, were you already thinking like eventually I'm going to have my own salon? Good question. It was always in my mind because part of um, you know your the curriculum that you learned about was renting your own chair, and then it was having your own actual business. So we learned a lot about renting a chair, and it seemed so intimidating at the time. You're like this new fresh student; you can barely get through a haircut without taking four hours. You're like so nervous about messing up. You couldn't even fathom thinking about having your own chair and working for yourself, by yourself. So they really taught us like every like option that there was. But I don't, I still don't know if I thought 100%, oh, I'm going to do this. Because you're just so like nervous in the moment, you know, so fresh and new and green. Um, So I think it was really when I graduated high school and I got my first assistant job in a hair salon like that's when I started being like okay maybe I can do this because you get more comfortable as time goes on and you eventually move up from assisting to cutting a little bit of hair here and there and then you see other people around you being successful with it and while you can still be successful working for um, an owner of a salon you can just see so many more opportunities and pros to working for yourself yeah, I want to uh, get into sense. those pros. Yeah, it's like because it's to me, it sounds like the easier path is to just join someone else's salon, right? You're not, you may not make as much money, oh, but it's gosh. like, oh, it's established yep. already, and they already have a customer base, and you know, they're I'll just... providing the customers for you. You're mm-hmm. already, you're there. They're bringing the customers in. They're doing the advertising. You're getting that paycheck weekly, and you're just the smiling face on the inside of the salon, taking care of someone that came in not for you specifically, but because the salon was already established and it has a good reputation, you know, so that pressure's off. They're coming, like, I, I was that cutting edge? Is that, sh- should I not be promoting competitors on the podcast? Yeah, we'll edit no, that. No, it's funny that you said that because it's a cut above who... Cut above, has another, that's right. Yes, a cut above, and I was just saying this to someone, another client of mine today, that... um a wise man of mine once said, and Uncle Tim said, you never burn a bridge. So the original salon I started working at probably 10 years ago now, she was just in my baby shower this past weekend. Like, you, oh, like it still was such a major 
yeah, a major part of my life. Yeah, and I so. remember that was, I think that was like a pretty tough decision, right? To leave and, and that whole, like, I mean, I know I get, I get intense anxiety about like telling my boss who's just like another cog in the machine that I'm going to another company. But like you, yeah. you were telling the owner of the salon that had like given you your first like foot in the door in the industry, telling her that you were leaving to go up, like strike it on your own, right? Like that, that must have been oh stressful. Oh my gosh, it was so stressful, and it's it's more than just like going up, being like, okay, I'm giving my two weeks and I'm out because yeah, it's like you have. So at this point, maybe we're cutting forward a little bit. We can backtrack a little bit, but when you do know that you're leaving this salon that you established a clientele at well enough to leave you obviously have your client cards you have you're confident enough that if you were to leave they're going to follow you um but it you have this giant box of client info so it's like all your clients is in this box that you have to get like their address so you can send a card to saying hey i'm leaving this salon this will be my new home at this salon blah 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 with the details so is you feel terrible because I had to get all that info like super behind the scenes. Yeah, because you gotta be discreet. in the salon, got to be discreet about it because if not, they'll obviously be like, "Bye," right away. Well, that's at least what I thought before yeah. I knew how good of a relationship we had. But it was even more stressful, I guess you would say, preparing for that departure. What made you? So why why did you make that jump? What stopped you from just going down the the easier path? Of, of just working at so, someone else's. Yeah, I think so. A lo- it was a combination of things. I had multiple people always asking, do you think it'll-? it's a common question? I feel like, do you think you'll ever go on your own? Do you think you're about to cheer, have your own place? And um, you think about it as super intimidating at first. Yeah. Still, I always thought like, because you naturally think like, well, I'm not good enough to like have sure. that much of a following where people are really going to like, be a fan and come you know it's naturally it's natural to self-doubt oh yeah that um, imposter syndrome right everyone everyone yeah. has I'm, I'm i'm sure every president we've ever had has experienced <laughs> yeah. some sort of imposter syndrome right like that's that's just I'm universal sure. that's for somebody else i'm not good enough for that yeah you know? yeah right yeah i was thinking was it sort of like you saw the owners or the other people working around you and were like if they could do it i can too was that motivation yeah, so that's definitely another factor of it. Like you hear about people, like the owner's story at the time. Like she came through, like from way less support than I ever had, and she built this beautiful, amazing salon on her own. So it does. That's another factor. You see other people doing it, and you're like, well, if they can do it, then I can do it. So then it's the opposite of the self doubt. You know, you're like, well, if they can do it, I guess I can do it. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a matter of like really thinking. And I remember thinking about it for like honestly months like just like festering it in my head and having support of family and friends like even my husband at the time was like you'd be crazy if you don't go on your own people love you so that confidence grows in you over time like even having the confidence from your family saying that um and then i think it's just you look at your you look at your finances like in the salon you're tracking what you're making every week so it's like once you start seeing what you're making and what she's making off of you and you're like, wait a second. Mm, I want to go. Like, I could be getting home? that cut instead. Yeah. Yes. Instead of getting this small little piece of the pie, which was still okay, you could be getting three quarters of the pie, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Well, yeah. Cause you're whatever, like, the prices on your haircut even were set by the salon, right? Like, you're just an employee there and, and you're only yeah, getting your percentage. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that makes sense to me. Yeah. How have the, 
maybe challenges or stressors changed the things you worried about when you first went off, which it sounds like was, how am I going to get customers? Um, how am I going to, I don't know, even start this thing on my own, rent a chair. How have those, the things you worried about then changed to what you worry about now, like having already established? Because I imagine there's still yeah. challenges and stressors, right? Even that, even though you have a client base and everything. Oh, yeah. They just, there always will be. And that's the con side, you know yeah. what I mean? To being self-employed mm -hmm. is that you are always going to have that, okay, so I've done really good at this. But you always, you're never going to settle, I guess. You're always striving to grow because that's the definition of being a successful self-employed person. You know what I mean? You never want to just like plateau out and be like, okay, well, I did good enough. I guess I'll just ride this out for the next. 30 years, you know, so you're always trying to like keep expanding. So like initially it's, oh my gosh, is everyone going to follow me? Yeah. I think you figure like some will, some will go, most will go, some will go and go back to the original place and some won't go at all because they're loyal to the original place, you know? So yeah, I guess I that's, like have that. that's stressful, right? Like wondering, like I, I have my regular clients, but I, I don't really know, like, is there a loyalty actually to me or is it to the salon? And then, right. do how so, does that work, Hannah? Do people usually are they loyal more to the the hairdresser or the place? So it, it truly depends. I had both happen to me, um, and I think it's all about communication that makes it less awkward and weird. That you have to, you have to, like I had to be realistic. Like not everyone's gonna wasn't gonna come with me, you know. So it's like you know that, but I had some that said right away, like. I've been loyal to her for years. So it puts them in a tough I've spot, right? They feel weird about it. Yes. They feel weird about it. But then I've had some that were like, I've been loyal to her for years, but you're my third hairdresser in the salon from like a, from like a revolving door mm -hmm. of girls going in that salon. So she's one a handful were like, if you leave, I'm leaving with you. And they were true to their word. When I did leave, they were some that they were the ones that came with me, you know? So I do think, it start. It depends on how you are personally too, like how your relationship is. Some are going to stay because they love the owner of the place, and some are going to go because they don't want to break up with their hairdresser for the hair. Like women go nuts over their hair, you know. So like, <laughs> yeah. it it's it it still blows my mind. And I'm a hairdresser for ten years now. Um, that the following was way more than I thought it would have been, which was a, an amazing thing to see after making that jump. That. Yeah, I think you have to. That's gotta be like a huge, yeah, huge vote of confidence, and like obviously you, you saw the the positive results of that, but you, you need to have that sort of belief in yourself that they are going to follow, sort of that that field of dreams. If you build it, they will come type thing, right? Where like yeah. I I just need to do it, and and, and they yep. will follow. Yeah, exactly. And what I think was even more flattering is that. I had some that stayed at the original salon and I was like, that's fine. Like I totally understand. Like no hard feelings. It's all good. And then it was like, say like six months later, guess who called and made an appointment? Oh, you know, wow. it was a few yeah. Because you didn't burn that bridge. It was almost even it's more great. sweet. Ex yeah, exactly. Was it was almost even more sweet than the initial people that followed in a way, you know? Yeah. Cause they were like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going like, to try to survive. Your mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Like they've been yeah. have like six months. They've been getting their hair cut once a month for six months, and they were still like, like it's not, not working. It's not, not working. as good as Hannah. Yep, gave them a yeah, chance. Yeah, exactly. So there was a variety of that, but that kind of all fell into place. And then it was um, learning how to advertise. You know, market yourself because again, like you said, you're not relying on just this established salon that's been established 
for X amount of years. Mm-hmm. So it was just, how do you market? How do you advertise in today's day and age? You yeah. know, is the newspaper going to be as, you know, effect, effective as Facebook or Instagram yeah, these days, right. you know? So, would yeah, you, so I guess right. to go back a little bit, and this is something I wanted to touch on when you brought it up before. And you were talking about how at, at BP, at the Vogue School, they spent time going over renting a chair and sort of they, they covered some of that business side of it. And I hadn't realized that before. So I like, I think that's awesome. Always been a big proponent of exposing yourself to stuff years before you're going to need to use it. Right. Because like yep. the, that, that first scary feeling about having your own business, like it's way better to have that first exposure to that feeling when you're a sophomore in high school than it is like three, four years after graduation. And now you're starting to think about it. So like, I, I, I think that's awesome that they were exposing that or exposing you guys to that sooner. But did they cover like beyond like renting a chair and sort of that like financial side of it? Did they cover like marketing? The, like, did, did, was there any part of like growing your brand or any of that that they covered? Or, or when you finally did strike it on your own, was it really just like you were learning in the field? Like just... Yeah, so it's it's funny because in back to that um, back up real quick, the teachers, like the instructors, all of them were worked at hair salons and rented chairs. So it was kind of cool because they were your instructor, but then they were also real hairstylists after school hours. You know that's I mean? interesting. So that's like, really- yeah, that's almost like in in college. Sometimes you'll have like adjunct professors that are like working in their field like their main job is working in their field and they teach a few classes on the side but like yep. usually you, you don't get that experience in high school where you're like actually yeah. getting real life experience from people in the field so like that's that's really cool that you were learning directly from people like still actually doing the work oh yeah no it's so true because i remember one instructor and it still sticks in my head she always said that you have to you love your clients but you have to say discipline which is another thing we'll cover but she's like, like, I look at Miss Susie coming in. She comes in every four weeks on the dot to get her hair highlighted and colored and cut, yada, yada. She goes, you can't cancel on her just because you're tired. Like, that's your, you know, your electric bill or half like, electric bill. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, that's like, that's like the, the meat and potatoes, right? Like the regular yes. clients that are just like. Yes. So that was, yeah, that was huge to have like that side of things. Not only like learning stuff from a book. But having them be like, okay, well, yeah, I'm working the salon till ten o'clock tonight after school because that's the, you know, where your dedication that's, is. So that's the business. That's the reality, that. right? Like salons right, are that's the reality peop, of it. Peop, other people have office jobs and they need to get their hair cut after they finish. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so back to the marketing. It's funny that you say that because, I mean, gosh, when I think back to being in high school, like they, I know they definitely covered it, but think about where marketing was like eleven. 12 years, 12 years ago. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like right. 11, I th- probably, 11 to 14 years ago, different, way different from today's day and age. Yeah. When you started your cosmetology classes, I don't think we were even allowed to have Facebook yet. <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like I, I'm so like, it was very, like, definitely learned, but that was, and that's fine. That was probably definitely the newspaper aspect. Taking yeah. that out in a newspaper or at a diner, wow. you know, when they have like the paper placemats, put your logo and your mm-hmm. salon name on it. Like that was, they definitely covered it, but that was probably the extent that was how you did of it. it. Yeah. Or in good old, good old fashioned word of mouth. That is still my number one 
that's where you get your best customers, word of mouth. I love word yeah. of mouth, which is also another nerve-wracking thing because, you know, you're relying on people to spread the good word of And that they'll, they'll, they'll only refer something if they think it's good, right? So you have to keep giving them good service so that they'll be willing well, that's just to... It. What, there's, a, there's a saying, like, um, a person will tell... 10 people and a bad thing that happened and one person a good thing. Oh, one I like person. that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, there's something, yeah, there's something like that. Like people love spreading bad stuff. Yeah. To more yep. people, but if it, something good happens. So it you bleeds, have to make it, it good. leads. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah, they, people love their tragedies. <laughs> it's so, yeah, exactly. No one, no one wants to hear about a good haircut. Like, every, like oh, thousands of people get a good what? haircut every day, right? But like when, when it gets butchered and when it looks real bad, like that's the one that people want to share. Exactly. Oh, when you go to a bad restaurant, you're going to tell 10 people about that terrible restaurant to never go oh, yeah. to the one amazing one you've been to. You know, yep. it's just the way we as humans operate. We, we, we expect excellence to a certain degree. Yes. Yeah. What do you think, Hannah, when you... Um, I'm thinking of other people who might want to make the jump, right? Like, I don't know if you, you're a landscaper, you want to open your own business or a handyman or mechanic and you want to open your own garage, whatever. What do you think it takes? Like, is it for everybody? Could anyone start their own business? Because some of the qualities you're describing, ambitious, like disciplined, like these things, I don't think everyone has. What what do you think it takes? No, 100%. It's, yeah, it's not an insult. But 100%, no, not everyone has it. And it's not an insult to people that don't. And it's not a toot your horn to people that do. Everyone's mm-hmm. different and we're all good at different things. But I would say like my number one thing would be um, discipline. Like mm-hmm. everyone can have ambition, but I feel like the discipline isn't necessarily hand in hand with ambition. <laughs> yeah. You can want and strive and <laughs> all that, true. but if I've been you're going to clock out because it's 90 degrees on, sat- on a Saturday and you don't want to stay all day to work then well, that's not, they're not going to want to come back and reschedule with you. If you're going to cancel, you know what I mean? Like you have to have ambition, which is great, but you have to have the discipline. That's my number one thing I'd say for anyone that wants to be self-employed. That's great. Cause like, there, is that because there is the no means, boss above you, right? Like you're holding yourself accountable. Well, that's just it. You're your, you're your own boss. You're your own employee. You're your own everything. So you have to have self-accountability because there's yeah. no one there to tell you, no, you can't take that day off. So you, Oh no, you can't go to lunch in the middle of the day and have a beer you know there's no one there to tell you that's inappropriate you can't do that yeah, it's, like, well, maybe I'm my own boss. maybe lead to some interesting haircuts if you did <laughs> yeah, it's made for, yeah great conversation do you feel like you've had to develop those or have you always been that way i think it was always there i think honestly it was groomed mostly from where i started at my first hair salon mm, like they there taught was you the looking back foundation? at it yeah yeah and there was days where you would complain, like, oh, my God, I couldn't get this day off. How <laughs> right. rude, you know. But looking back at it, like, those little things that you don't see in the moment, when you look back at it, you're like, okay, that is what shaped you into the worker that you are now. You know, I feel like if you have those good experiences and influences, I feel like that helps mold you into the person that you are years later. Not in the moment, but years later, you see the effect of it. So, I, But I, feel, I do feel like it has to be there initially, somewhere. For it to be and grow. Hey everybody, hope you're enjoying the conversation with Hannah so far. We are going to pause here and then pick up the conversation in part two. So stay tuned for two weeks from now for the next episode where we hear the rest of our conversation with Hannah. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. You've been listening to the More Sense Than Dollars podcast. 